really challenging violent situation that they think they've got it covered so we do a lethality assessment and it's a research-based tool that really informs somebody that this really is now we're talking life-threatening so our uh, the DA asked us to coordinate high-risk teams so and within 24 to 48 hours we can pull a community together to protect that survivor and also hold a perpetrator accountable what do you do though if a woman says to you I want to get out but I just don't want him arrested we'll talk through okay what would that look like and what would that mean is it counseling that you want so that you get a little bit more time to take that and unpack what it is you really want Um, sometimes people don't want that person arrested because it could be their financial support for their children and they might not have any other means so then we begin with our attorneys and our therapists to really talk with them what kind of options do you have what's in the community where they're safe do you want our shelters some people don't need our shelters they need financial assistance to get like in an apartment this is a very expensive city if that's the case sometimes we can help with that but we really try to individualize that conversation so that we know what's safe for them and what they want so that they move at their own pace if people start telling them what to do how to do that's just like what happened with the abuse and we are not going to do that we believe they have the strength so when I think about these uh, toxic relationships and trying to leave these relationships that are sometimes emotionally abusive, sometimes physically yes. abusive, I feel like it can feel like a drug, like quitting a drug, you know, to yes. quit a person. Right. Do you have people who maybe seek help and then end up going back and yes. kind of relapsing in this way? Yes, we do. And for a variety of reasons. And we, our staff sometimes are heartbroken only because they respect that somebody's decision, but they also uh, get concerned that the violence has been escalating and that it may continue. But our sense is what we're doing is planting seeds of hope to know that hope and healing are possible and that if they're not ready, we've had people leave our shelter go back and then come back again because they knew we weren't going to judge them they knew we were going to believe them and support them and so occasionally we see people returning but we then see them often coming back because they know we're not going to blame them or hold you know or throw anything in their face because we know that they're trying to make the best possible decision and you had mentioned um, that you do a lethality assessment yes what goes into a lethality assessment you know there's questions about uh, and it's it's a tool that was designed by a woman by the name of Jackie Campbell out of John Hopkins and it, it if you score a certain level it says the research shows it's been used for about 15 to 20 years now and it really is a wake-up call to some people who've been living in extreme violence and managing to to get through it and so there it's a series of questions and they answer it and if they score a certain level it's it's been shown through research to show what the lethality is certainly if guns are in the house but there's many different questions right we're speaking this morning to V Tabor. She's the CEO and executive director of the Center for Community Solutions, taking people out of some very dangerous situations. Domestic Violence Awareness Month is the month of October. This is not something we need to focus on just monthly, right. but of course, all year long. And as we talk about how prevalent this is and how maybe it's a self-fulfilling prophecy, maybe a man saw that as an example when he was growing up. Do you find that, that a lot of people who are abusers were abused in their life? Yes, and that's why it's so important 
that we talk about earlier education, and we also talk about uh, what it means to be young men, young women, or whatever gender you identify with, because the cycle of violence can be broken, but by people blaming people, by saying, what, why aren't you just leaving? What were you wearing? What were you drinking in the case of sexual assault? Those kinds of questions blame somebody for the harm they've endured. So it's raising consciousness doing prevention and education early on, it truly is possible to prevent this. And then once somebody has been harmed, to know that they can heal, they can. this does not have to define who they are, mm-hmm. and they can move behind it. Beyond you know what's it. funny? One of the things that someone who's been abused will hear, and I heard it too, is, well, you made me do this. Yes. You did something, you made me mad, and you knew that was going to make me mad. And it could be something as simple as burning dinner, coming home five minutes late. Where were you? You know, and in my case, I think because of the drugs, he was so paranoid all the time that right. I was having an affair, but probably he was. I mean, right. I don't even know. I don't even care. But right. it's so hard to kind of change people's thinking right. about what's normal, what they should take. And as Yvonne said earlier about identifying a toxic relationship. It's not a conversation parents really have with young children. The dad should tell a son, this is what it means to be a man. And when a woman says no, that means no. And to tell a young girl, be strong enough to get out of a situation. You don't have to do things you think you don't want to do that make you uncomfortable. Absolutely. And it does start young. So like you say, V, we have to really prevent this, not just deal with it after it's already happened. Absolutely. And it is truly preventable. And the research is showing when people invest in doing the prevention that it really is possible to prevent further harm. And it's possible that people can heal and move on. And that no longer is a part of them. I was reading before you came in, I think a profile in San Diego Magazine. He mentioned something about kids knowing it's okay that they don't have to accept a hug. And I just remembered this, like Mm. my parents telling me, you have to hug your aunt or your uncle. Or, you know, I feel like a lot of people have had their parents say this to Mm -hmm. them. And is this also like conditioning that we have to accept people into our physical space, even if that makes us uncomfortable? Or You are 100% right. Giving little people the permission to set limits about who touches their body is starting out on a really good, solid place. It doesn't mean your kid is ungrateful, disrespectful, and whatever Mm -hmm. they're picking up intuitively or whatever mood they're in, we still sometimes see people making them. So it starts that early. Yeah. So V, let's talk about what you need for the Center for Community Solutions. I know you say you have an army of people that are helping you. You served last year alone a nearly 23 thousand people. Think about that. In one year, 23,000 people. So you must have to have an army of people behind you. What are you looking for? What do you need? So we have 70 staff in 10 locations. We cannot do our work without volunteers. Right now we have 300 volunteers. So if anybody wants to volunteer, if they want to do uh, work with individuals or children, we have an extensive training we put people through that allow for confidentiality. We always need funding. We can't meet the demand today for prevention and when people need to heal. And when they need to heal, we need to be ready to open those doors. So we're trying to fundraise so we can meet the need. And then we also, if someone's interested in providing leadership, we need people on our board. We need community leaders who want to help us navigate the future. So there's many different ways if listeners would like to get involved, they can go to our website, ccssd.org, stands for Center for Community Solutions San Diego. They can call our hotline, 888-DV-LINKS. But we 
do need um, an army of people, as you say. And do you also need attorneys? You say you offer legal yes. help for people too. Or so you're looking for somebody locally that can help in that way as well? Yes, we have seven attorneys on staff. The legal services are the number one requested service really? for domestic violence survivors. And so we desperately need more attorneys. We're trying to expand our capacity with that. And someone does have to go through our training just to make sure they're trauma-informed, they know the way we approach folks. So yes, thank you. We do need attorneys. Can I ask you too, we talk about this like as if somebody in the immediate need is going to get help. But what about somebody who's still feeling the effects of something years later? Do they come to you as well? They absolutely do. I met somebody a while ago who carried uh, our little card folded up in uh, her purse for about five years. She was molested as a teenager by her family member, never told anyone. So she came, she spoke, she went through therapy and really tries to be an advocate and speaks out to the community many times to say help is always available. This is not your dirty little secret, and you can rid yourself of that kind of blame and shame. So, yes, we do see people. When we're talking about being trauma-informed, so how can we support our friends who have been traumatized in this kind of way? Great question. That's a good point. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So first and foremost, believe somebody be a friend. You don't have to be a therapist. Be kind and be supportive and believe them. Stay away from questions like, what were you thinking? Why don't you just leave? What were you wearing? Those things connote judgment and shut people down in a heartbeat. And it's what what can I do as your friend to support you? Do you want me to look for resources? Do you know where to go to get help? Do you want that? It's really being validating that nobody deserves to be harmed. That is not what love looks like. I believe you how can I support you? And again, if someone does share a story with you about something that happened to them recently or even a long time ago, never say to them, I never would have thought that would have happened to someone like you. It makes you feel stupid for staying in a relationship. And it will shut you down in a heartbeat because no one wants to feel stupid. And it it has nothing to do with intellect. It has nothing to do with the heart. It has everything with, you're talking to somebody who's been harmed, straight, and simple. They didn't do anything wrong. They've been harmed. So what should you say to someone that opened up to you about their past? I would start with saying thanks for the courage to share that. I just want you to know um, no one deserves that. Is there anything I can do to support you? What would support look like to you? And I would stay on that vein. I wouldn't suggest they go get help. I wouldn't suggest they go to counseling. I would ask them believe in their strength, believe in their ability, and really, it takes a lot of courage to admit this. We've been talking a lot about women who have experienced violence, trauma, and domestic relationships, but we know that there are also a lot of men who experience this. Yes. Can we talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. In our shelter, we accept men. I'd say we had about eight to ten men in our domestic violence shelter who are fleeing domestic violence. We also see men who've been sexually assaulted, and they can be heterosexual, they can be LGBTQ, they can be trans. It doesn't matter. Help's available. It's important for men to know helps available and they're not alone and the prevalence of sexual assault and domestic violence is also much higher than the public is aware it's about one in 12 men wow and I don't want to compare here but there must be an even deeper level of shame for a man because men are supposed to always feel like they can protect themselves right 
right? So it must be harder for a man to come forward. You know, it's hard for men and women, but men carry a different banner of protection and guard because of everything we do to socialize young men and young boys about what it means to be a man. You know, pull yourself up from your bootstraps, tough it out, and all those things go deeper to silencing people. But for men and women, or whatever gender, it is hard to ask for help. It's hard to own this just because of the amount of blame and shame people feel. So what would you say right now to a man or a woman that's listening that suspects that they're in a toxic relationship? Well, I imagine they know, but to know that it's time to get out. Now you're at the point where you're getting harmed, your children are at risk. When's the time to go? What, what do you say? I would say to any listener who's really questioning their safety to feel free to call our hotline. It's 24 hours. It's without judgment. It's an easy way to access any of our services. It's a way to try us out for size and see and hear that nobody's going to be blamed for what they're enduring and that we will not insist on what the path is going to be. We're going to lay out a number of options that they can do and they will select. We're not going to dictate what help looks like. And it may take take one, two, three, four, five phone calls before they really know what they want to do. Certainly, we're always willing to take walk-ins at any of our locations, and we will accept folks. But sometimes people need to sort through. And because of the kind of conversation we've been having, sometimes it's hard to have this conversation with your family members or friends because you're blaming yourself and asking yourself things like, how did I ever find myself here? Or they say, how could you not tell me? Why did you not tell me? It's like, because I was embarrassed for whatever reason right. I didn't but right. let's just move forward from here and again that hotline number is 888-DV-LINKS yes. domestic violence yes 888-DV-LINKS correct and again your website it's www.ccssd.org but if you just type in Center for Community Solutions our website will come up and by the way if you ever can go to any one of the events <laughs> that this woman puts on. The fundraisers are spectacular. People share stories. It's incredible. Thank you. But you have had some stellar celebrities that have come down from L.A. and from all over to be part of some of your events. We've had Gloria Steinem. We've had Gina Davis, Marley Matlin, uh, Meredith Baxter, Robin Givens. We've been very blessed to have people come and share their voice, their own stories. Often we're getting writers who also spend time uh, signing books. But again, the message that we're looking for is to let people know authentically that this happens, but that there's every reason to be hopeful about their ability to heal. There's every reason to be hopeful about how we can prevent this violence. Fee Tabor here, CEO of the Center for Community Solutions in San Diego, as I said in the beginning, just absolutely changing lives. And I think we are so lucky to have you here in San Diego, V. You can clearly see, by the way, why she was nominated as CEO of the year, (laughs) Uh, because you've just made CCS a model around the country to look at how you're changing lives in San Diego. Susan, thank you. But anybody who does this work knows you do not do this alone. What you're offering me today to be able to have a voice for people who may be listening, that's part of the solution. I work with the most amazing, passionate, capable, professional staff. 
staff, very wise board, and incredible volunteers. So I just get to be the voice for so many people. I'm standing on their shoulders. So thank you for the accolades, but they, it really belongs to the people I stand shoulder to shoulder with, and most importantly, the people who have the courage to come through our front door, the survivors. Well, and again, if you can volunteer or help in any way, or if you even just want to make a donation, head over to the website. Absolutely. Center for Community Solutions San Diego, ccssd.org. V. Tabor, so wonderful talking to you today, and thank you for all the good work you've done in San Diego. Thank you so much. Thanks for the friendship, and thanks for today. This is Living Better in San Diego. Susan DeVincent, on behalf of Yvonne Ermey and myself, enjoy your week, and we'll see you next Sunday. The opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of the Intercom San Diego radio stations. Episodes of Living Better in San Diego are available on this station's website. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.